0: Welcome to the Andy Andy Griffin Griffin Show, show. the number one talk show in St. George, starring Andy Griffin.
1: Good morning to you. Thank you for turning on the show. It's nine minutes after nine o'clock. I am Andy Griffin, and I'm here every day. Rain or shine, and fortunately, we've got a lot of shining going on out here. Beautiful day today. 63 today for a high. Tomorrow, 68 or 69. And then Wednesday, it's 70s time. It must be March in Utah's Dixie. Good, thanks for tuning in uh, with me today. Live in that other studio is Jimmy Kesson, Washington County Party uh, Republican Party chairman. Hi, Jimmy. It is good to be with you in person. <laughs> I know. We've talked on the phone a lot lately, but uh, we finally get to three see days you. a week and having fun doing that with you in the mornings. And let's do a plug for that. It's 725 Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Jimmy is on with me. We talk politics and politics. Uh, Get a pretty good conservative slant to it, uh, whereas our, our previous political guy was uh, left of center slightly, and uh, so it's it's kind of nice to have Jimmy on giving a more conservative view. I
0: I, I tend to be uh, right of center, uh, fairly uh, substantially.
1: <laughs> take three steps to the right, and then take one more, and there's Jimmy.
0: That's right. <laughs> Some have said just to the right of Attila the Hun.
1: <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy, for coming on. Jimmy. Uh, is a busy guy. He works at State Bank of Southern Utah. He is also a pastor, Foursquare Gospel Church, Solomon's Porch. Is, I mean, what, yep. what comes first? Did I say that in the right? Uh, uh, it it works in
0: either direction. Our, our our slogan name is Solomon's Porch. That's what we're known as here, but we are the, the St. George uh, Foursquare Church, awesome. part of the International Foursquare Movement.
1: Jimmy is also the Republican uh, chairman, uh, or chairman of the Republican Party. He's a Dixie Sunshiner, which is kind of the service arm of the. Uh, Chamber of Commerce. As are you? Yes. I enjoyed the only only issue I have with Sunshine is they meet while I'm still on the radio. So I can't get to their weekly meetings. But. No,
0: but but you're able to come to the event, so you, yeah. you get to the fun part.
1: That's true. I, I'm, are you saying the meetings aren't fun? Oh, are no. The meetings are more fun
0: than a human being should be allowed to okay. have, and that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs>
1: Uh, you guys are no longer Zooming, right? You're all there in
0: person. Uh, we are uh, doing both. Fun. So we are back meeting in person uh, with a Zoom option for those who, who need it. So. Very cool. Which now, is becoming typical, I guess.
1: Tell me about your congregation. Is that all in per- you have Maybe 50 people coming. Is that about right?
0: Yeah, I mean, it depends on the Sunday. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we do have in-person. We're holding in-person services. We actually never stopped holding in-person services at Solomon's Porch. We're oh, non-denominational, Bible-only Christianity. But we do have a live feed of our service um, uh, on Sunday uh, and our Wednesday Bible study uh, on, fa- on our Facebook page on the Solomon's Porch Facebook page, um, I guess Solomon's Fort, Foursquare Facebook page, yeah, there you go. and uh, and so it, it works out. We do have members of the congregation can't yet be in person or aren't comfortable being there in person, and so they're able to attend virtually. Um, the only thing they miss out on is the music, because we don't broadcast the music as part of the live feed.
1: Okay, awesome. And Now, do you feel like uh, you have an interesting juxtaposition in that you're a religious guy, a pastor. But also very much into politics and the Republican Party. But and we know now in modern society, the Republican Party is somewhat under attack. But religion is definitely under attack by the left. Do you feel that on a daily basis? Is that something you're like, man? It, they keep they keep coming at us.
0: Well, and and look, the the left has been uh, emboldened. Um, the um, the president at CPAC talked about cancel culture, and and you know. Um, I've been asked this before as a as a pastor who is uh involved in the community politically. Uh, how does that work? Well, I mean the first thing I should point out is we don't bring politics into the church right. uh, we don't do politics from the pulpit we don't uh, uh we talk about the Bible and what the Bible says. but I will tell you that uh my faith has always informed my politics hmm. um, you know uh and it should i mean the values, uh, that the Bible teaches the, uh, the common sense approach to life that God gives us, uh, his best for us should inform our politics. Um, uh, the idea that, um, you know, the, the, the idea that, um, people faith shouldn't inform how they vote is ludicrous. Uh, now it it doesn't go both directions. Obviously, the state can't tell us what to believe faith-wise. There should be no, quote, national religion. But everybody's value system uh, dictates how they should dictate how they vote I, I have, on both sides of the aisle. Yeah,
1: and I have a question about that. I have a, a relative of mine who is 95% of the time Democrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this person absolutely claims to absolutely abhor uh, abortion. Uh, just hate it, just de- sure. detest it. And I, and I asked her once. Oh, I identified her gender. Sorry, but I asked her once though. I said, "How do you justify? How do you rationalize in your mind being a Democrat most of the time, but being anti-abortion when that is one of, in my mind one of the basic tenets of being a Democrat? If I'm a Democrat, I believe you know not right to life, but right to choice." And and these days that the government
0: should be paying mm. for people who want to uh, end a pregnancy by murdering their own child. So how does um, that work?
1: Can well, that I,
0: work? I don't think it. I mean, I don't. I couldn't tell you how people justify that. Mm. But when I talk to people of faith who uh, claim to be uh, leftist in their voting record, I strictly talk about policies. So you're in favor of taxpayer dollars paying for abortion. Is that correct? And they'll say, well, no. Hmm. Um, well, that's a plank of the Democratic platform. And you can go right down the list on the uh, uh, on issues that faith matters to, you know, religious freedom. Um, do you believe the government should be able to determine what we can say uh, from the pulpit? They will say, well, of course not. Well, excuse me, but the Democrat Party has been putting forth legislation that describes a lot of what some people teach from the pulpit as hate speech. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it would qualify under their new definition of domestic terrorism. When you start talking and when you start going down the planks of the Republican platform, the planks of the Democrat platform, and you take the label of Democrat and Republican off of it, These people will routinely and almost always line up with the Republican Party platform. So it's, you know, uh, uh, and that's the only way to, that's really how we should focus our political discussions. Anyhow, I believe political discussions have to be about policy, have to be about issues and what we believe on the issues as opposed to the uh, uh, just focusing on the, um, the media driven definitions of labels.
1: I have people out there who tell me, well, I'm not religious, so I might as well be Democrat because I don't believe in a lot of what, what you guys believe. I'm not really a religious person. Is that a fair uh, association for them? Because it seems a little bit of a stretch. It's almost lazy. Well, and 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 again, um, the
0: perception there, when someone says that, the perception is that they have to agree with a, a Christian, a basic Christian doctrine to be a Republican. Right. And again, it comes right back to policy. Okay you you're a secular uh uh individual how do you feel about this issue and this issue and this issue you go how do you feel about schools and uh g- the proper role of government and the economy do you believe that you uh, you know in a free market capitalist economy and just as you go down the issues they're going to line up republican and then you get to the point where well from an issue standpoint from a policy standpoint you absolutely fit in the Republican Party, and none of us are going to tell you that you have to attend church with us to vote with us. Right,
1: right. Good point. We're talking with Jimmy Keston from the Washington County Republican Party, uh, Jimmy, I, we were going to leave it up to you on whether you wanted to make some sort of announcement today. I, I don't know if you want to stay away from that. It's it's your call. Well,
0: you know, we do want to point out uh, the the Washington County organizing convention is april 10th so we're about five uh six weeks away from convention so if you are a county delegate you want to check in with your precinct uh uh, leadership precinct leaders you want to make sure that all your delegate slots are filled i'm sure you've had contact from your uh uh, district chairs uh, uh getting that lined up uh it's um now is the time that we have to confirm all these delegate slots for both the april 10th county convention and uh the state convention which will be the very i think it's may 1st or 2nd somewhere in there um and um and it's an important convention this is where the leadership for the party is elected and i sh- i'll be happy to announce i've done two very successful terms as chair of the washington county republican party we've got the party on a uh, great footing um and um we're going to not run for a third term Ooh. uh as as county chair um, so that will be an open seat at the April 10th um, election, and um, I will be—I will stay involved. I will probably run for a, a position on the state central committee, which I had as chair, but now I'll just run for that as a, a separate office and stay involved in the party, of course. Um, but a couple terms as chair—time uh, to to focus on um, you know on policy and on building the Republican Party and. Uh, um, and let someone else do the the day-to-day chair duties.
1: Awesome. Awesome. All right. You heard it officially here. Jimmy is not running for a third term. Jimmy's He's just going to do nothing. He's just going to quit doing it. No, I'm, that is so that is so non-Jimmy. I have a feeling you're going to be very, very involved in politics in, here in Washington County. Uh, if you want to call, by the way, 673-5890, if you have some sort of a political question, probably best to, to aim your uh, questions at or, or just a, a general question about uh, politics or a policy here in Washington County. Uh, while we uh, look for some phone calls, I want to ask you, uh, I had somebody call me and they say, hey, this was off the air. They said, "Hey, it'd be really cool if you can have that uh, Washington County Republican Chairman guy." I, I assume they were talking about you because I don't yeah. know any other Washington County. There, there's probably
0: therapy av- uh, uh, <laughs> available for people that uh, were requesting that. But
1: anyway, they said, "Could you have him on and talk, uh, and maybe give some grades or talk about how some of our politicians are are doing." uh from or in the state of utah and so uh we'll we'll do that oh Uh, sure nothing dangerous there nothing dangerous there well i know you can't be fired at this point so if you're not running again i've always
0: spoke my mind anyhow (laughs) and uh and and will
1: let's start with the start start with the national level we have our our two uh congressmen uh mike lee and mitt romney uh, our senators uh, uh, senators rather mitt how's mitt doing who mr romney (laughs) he's still around (laughs)
0: He is. He reminds Uh, us
1: every once in a while when he complains about something.
0: You know, um, uh, Senator Romney is uh, uh, one of those enigmas in the Republican Party. He obviously is um, uh, uh, not uh, from the conservative wing of the party on some areas. um, uh, But, you know, he also has been um, uh, bringing up some important conservative issues in the Senate. You know, the elephant in the room is his personal vendetta against the former president. Uh, I find it distasteful. I find it uh, beneath uh, uh, him and the uh, image he likes to portray of himself. Um, You know, uh, the truth about uh, uh, how I feel about Mitt Romney is simple. When he votes uh, uh, for conservative uh, policy in the United States Senate, I'm happy he does that. Uh, you know, uh, most of the time, more than 80 percent of the time. And um, and these days, most of the time when he opens his mouth, I am uh, disappointed in his positions on what the future of the Republican Party should look like.
1: He did say to his credit that he felt like if the if uh, they were to have the primaries right now, that Donald Trump would win the nomination. That That's one positive there. Well, I mean,
0: all the polling does suggest that the president is still um, the, um, the leader of the Republican Party from a policy standpoint. Uh, certainly his uh, speech at CPAC solidified the fact that, that he articulates the values
1: of our policy positions very well. And we will talk about the CPAC here in about 10 minutes after the weather, but uh, right now I want to uh, continue with our, and maybe not grades, but evaluation yep. a little bit of, a, of some of our uh, representatives uh, from, about uh, congressmen, representatives from from the state of Utah and in the state of Utah. Let's go to Mike Lee. How, how do you feel about Mike? Well,
0: Senator Lee is a favorite among conservatives. I think he does an outstanding job. The one thing I will tell you about Senator Lee is when he uh, votes in ways that I don't necessarily agree with, I can always point to a specific constitutional principle that Senator Lee is basing his decision on. I don't always have to see eye to eye with him, but I understand why he votes the way he votes. And that's really the biggest difference between Senator Lee and Senator Romney. We always know what the policy position and the constitutional position that Senator Romney is taking when he does, uh, excuse me, when Senator Lee is taking when he does differentiate from the Republican a uh, uh, policy that's being voted on, with Senator Romney, you often you're not sure how to justify that vote.
1: Mike Lee was a has been a huge supporter of President Trump's, and was a very vocal supporter of President Trump's up until January sixth. And and it's been my impression, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy, that. He's not, He hasn't stopped supporting the president, but he's not very vocal anymore about his, his support of former President Donald Trump.
0: Well, I think you know. I, I think that that's probably an accurate uh, statement. Um, you know, Senator Lee knew and understand. You know, he understands the Constitution. And the one thing that Senator Lee knew: there were not going to be fifty United States senators that were going to object to the um, the delegates to the to the uh, um, electoral college. Mm-hmm on enough states to actually change anything on the 6th of January. And since there was never going to be, it need, you needed 50 senators to object to at least three or four states that would have brought, uh, and that was, just wasn't going to happen. Yeah, There aren't 50 votes in the Senate to do that. Therefore, a lot of what was going on on the 6th was a, an unrealistic expectation that it would change anything. And then, of course, the... Uh, um, um, the protests at the Capitol were extremely distasteful and detrimental to the policy positions that we're
1: trying to advocate for. Yeah, good call on good call on that one. Now it's nine twenty-four on KDXU. Let's talk about some of our other leaders, uh, Chris Stewart. Uh, Congressman Stewart
0: has been uh, consistent, uh, uh, as always, on the policy positions that he holds. He has been um, uh, working on. Um, calling attention to, uh, what is being rammed through the, the Congress by the, the Democrats. Um, you know, the thing about, uh, Congressman Stewart is his policy positions are pretty, you know, they haven't changed. He's still vocalizing those things that he is uh, passionate about and, um, and does a reasonably good job uh, of doing that. I mean, I, it's hard to argue with the positions that he has taken on uh, most of these issues.
1: You know, the the thing I like about Stewart, uh, maybe most of all, is exactly what you were saying, his consistency. You know, when when somebody runs for office and says they're this way, this way, this way, and you, you vote for them and they are exactly what they said, you feel like, okay, this is a democratic process at work. This is what I wanted. This is what I voted for. He won. This is what he's going to do. Right. Unfortunately, sometimes... Uh sometimes politicians run on certain uh certain uh you know uh, platforms and then they change and they and they vote differently than than what you expect and it, and it disappoints people so the thing i like a, a, most really about chris stewart is he is who he is and it's not going to change
0: well he is and i and i should point out there are there are certainly conservatives while we're talking about our federal delegation there are certainly conservatives who are concerned by the fact that um, these guys go to Washington and they talk a good game on budget, they talk a good game on spending, but they continue to vote for these massive de- deficits. Um, and sometimes their rhetoric doesn't always match some of those votes. That is a, you know, something that we want to continue to call attention to when it happens.
1: We have a governor. His name is Spencer Cox, who, uh, you know, was was supposed to be a pretty conservative guy, but he has made some. Uh... I'm going to call them head-scratching statements lately in the press about some of the bills that are up for vote. Yeah, I, you know,
0: I don't think anybody uh, felt that he was going to be uh, uh, vastly more conservative than Governor uh, Herbert was. But he is. Uh, he does tend more conservative mm-hmm. than uh, former Governor Herbert does. But there have been a couple of issues that uh, came up recently that were troubling for those of us uh, in the conservative group, there was a, a bill uh, uh, put forth in the House by um, um, uh, to protect women's sports in Utah. Mm-hmm. You know, this has been an issue because on the national level, uh, the, President Biden has said that um, men should be allowed to compete against girls mm-hmm. in uh, high school and college sports. And it's just not right. Yeah. Um they are uh, uh there are biological differences between men and women and uh and men uh if if my you know I'm the father of a two sport former high school athlete who had a great career and it really enhanced her high school experience and uh uh she enjoyed every bit of it but if that young lady had to compete against the boys she would not have had a career in track or field or uh, softball before that, or volleyball um, that is a reality, and you know we have come too far to uh, uh, to say that we 're going to let uh, uh, teenage boys into the girls locker room into the girls bathroom um, to compete against them on the athletic field um, this is it 's just not right i don 't care who you sleep with i don 't care. If uh, uh, um, how you decide to label yourself. But uh, there are uh, it's no longer a personal choice when you are uh, infringing upon the rights of every young lady uh,
1: in high school and college who has athletic aspirations. One of my friends last night, as we were talking about this, said, you know, it's women's sports now but what's next i mean they're going to keep going they're going to keep trying to grab this real estate and and desensitize us to you know the fact that uh, there were the good lord gave us two genders right you know? well look this, for this is 99.95% of the time yeah,
0: you're on you're on the biggest difference between uh the left and the right in this part uh, in this country politically the left is perfectly comfortable with incremental Uh, uh, putting in of their policies they are fine with taking little bits at a time and keep Mm -hmm. moving the ball forward republicans too often conservatives too often we want all or nothing we can't get everything we want we you know we it's all or nothing we don't understand the process of incremental improvement in policy and it's cost us uh, uh you know politically in many cases
1: Yeah, for sure. All right, here's what we got to do. we got to get a commercial break in. Uh, We're going to play weather. Uh, I'm going to ask Jimmy to stay around if he wants to. You want to stay a little longer, Jimmy? You know, I'd
0: do anything for you, Andy.
1: (laughs) Jimmy Keston, the chairman of the Washington County Republican Party, with me today. Uh, We'll uh, take your phone calls, too, here uh, after the weather break. Uh, It is the Andy Griffin Show. We're talking politics today. I want to get Jimmy's take on the CPAC. And President Trump hinting that maybe, just maybe, he'll be back. It's 9.30 on KDXU. Let's- Good morning to you, 9.34 on KDXU. I'm Andy Griffin, your host this morning the Andy Griffin Show. Yes, it's my birthday. I just got a text from a friend of mine, Jesse Paul, the folks over there at the Larkin Group, singing, they sent me a text singing happy birthday to me. It was, it was a pretty impressive.
0: I won't sing to you this morning, but congratulations and happy birthday!
1: <laughs> 50, double nickel, fifty-five years old. So
0: you are now eligible for the senior discount uh, over at uh, yeah, and most of the restaurants uh, in
1: the town, M or whatever. And uh, yeah, I, uh, years ago we lived in a place called Lava Bluff. It's out there, kind of halfway to Hurricane, uh, and. Uh, and it was – we got in, we moved into the place, and then like two weeks later, they qualified for 55 and over. But because we were already there – now, this was like 20 years ago, so I was in my 30s. Because we were already there, they couldn't kick us out. But it was a very weird thing. There were two families in the whole place. Everybody else was 55 and older. And uh, I just I just remember thinking how strange it was to be here amongst all these old people. And now I am an old people. Well, I <laughs> –
0: I've got you by a couple of years. I uh, yeah. uh I'm not ready to declare myself old yet, although, you know, there are uh, certainly evidence to the fact that that I am.
1: It's a little more And sal- you are too. A little more salt and pepper in your hair there, Jimmy. So <laughs>
0: Yeah, there ain't there ain't much pepper left in that salt and pepper.
1: Uh but the the big C Now, everybody's like what's a C CPAC? I think it was it was Conservative Political Action Convention or Political Activist Convention something. Yeah, like it that.
0: it is the annual gathering of uh um, conservatives, uh, and it is uh, um, an opportunity to speak to the party faithful. Um.
1: What uh, what was the big? T- now we started. I believe it was uh, the the or the governor of Florida started it, right? And uh, way back on Friday, and uh, it was uh, President Trump gave a pretty rousing speech yesterday. What was your big takeaway from the weekend of conservative uh, political talk?
0: I think the thing that struck me most uh, um, in a general sense was uh, the Republican Party uh, has truly uh, begun to redefine itself as the party of hardworking, patriotic Americans who have been overlooked and uh, um, taken advantage of, And, uh, you know, and that is really who makes up our voting base. Um, people that work hard and want to raise their family and, uh, and want to, uh, make a living and, uh, want government out of the way that is the core of our party now. Uh, and, and the old elitist country club Republicans, um, that are commonly called rhinos these days, um, they are, uh, they are a fringe movement within the party. Um, the conservative, um, family-oriented, hard-working Americans that really make up our base now uh, are the message.
1: There's, You know, there's a group out there, though, that feels like we should lose with class. Uh, you know, when, when when Mitt Romney lost back, you know, a few years back in the, the presidential election, uh, they felt like he lost with class. He bowed out uh, gracefully, et cetera, et cetera. President Trump has kind of put it... <laughs> Kind of put a wrench in all that lose with class thing and everything. Is there... Um, Is there room for a movement like that that says, look, we we need to step back, be a little classier, be a little little more graceful? Or is the future of the Republican Party that we've got to fight, fight, fight? And I don't mean physically, I mean uh, emotionally and mentally and otherwise, uh, Jimmy.
0: Well, look, from a policy standpoint and to advance uh, the principles of our platform, we do need to stand up. And the idea of um, uh, losing gracefully is still losing now. I do believe that that uh, we need to we can do this and uh, uh, bring back civility to the uh, political discussion. I don't believe in, you know, of, of personal tra- uh, attacks. Um, I think I, I really believe politics needs to be focused on policy, not personality. Um, and and certainly that uh, um, in The former president's case, personality at persona is a big part of who he is. Um, And, you know, I do believe that we just we need to continue to forcefully um, uh, put forth what our vision for America is because it is a winning vision.
1: How do you overcome, though, the personality of it? I mean, like you said, Donald Trump was really larger than life. His I mean, just his, his tweets, and of course they've been banned now, but just, just everything about him was so big. I personally, I'm with you. His policies to me were, were spot on. He made promises and then did everything in his power to keep those promises. I could see through the... Hayes, that is the personality of Donald Trump, but there are a lot of people out there that can't get past that.
0: Well, and, and I understand that. Um, and, you know, the, the truth is the president is who he is. And there's a lot of people on the conservative end that can't get past some of Senator Romney's uh, uh, rhetoric or some of the other mm-hmm. uh, establishment old line Republicans who are not conservatives. Um, but I believe that in both cases, um, we are always better served if we focus on the policy while understanding the personality. Um, and uh, we can do so and still be civil. At least
1: that's my belief and my approach. Okay. Let's take some calls, Jimmy. You go. okay with that? Hey, anytime. All right. Uh, I think we got Seth on line one. Seth, what's up, man? Uh, I just want to know if there's flowers blooming in St. George. You know, I'm not seeing any, but it wouldn't surprise me as nice as it is. Got to
0: be getting close. It's a little chilly by the end of the month. Uh, Were there any particular flowers you were interested in, sash? That...
1: Well,
2: um, my wife tells me there's daffodils and tulips, and of course, usually on the first of um, uh, March you get those, and of course, there's what, twenty-one days or twenty days of winter left.
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah, winter. I yeah.
2: I remember back uh, east uh, on the first day of spring, it snowed fifty-one inches in Pennsylvania. <laughs>
0: I, I grew remember up in Wisconsin. I... I can remember snow flurries on the. 4th of July in Wisconsin, oh, but wow. uh, I tell you, the thing I like best about Utah's Dixie is we uh, there is winter. We can see it from here, but we don't have to shovel it off our cars most of the time. Yeah,
2: you're looking at my house when you're looking at that winter, so um, it's been like uh, 20 degrees with 23 to 28 miles an hour wind, Ooh, and uh, man, gee, it's sort of hard to get into the springy attitude, and here in Central, it'll snow on on the rendezvous that happens in the middle of May.
0: That's that's brutal.
2: So it, you know, well, we still have winter left, and uh, um, it, it's. Uh, I'm, I'm frankly, I'm quite tired of the whole thing because it just seems like it's going on forever. Kind of like a Biden uh, yeah. presidency. I don't,
0: right? I don't, I don't, I don't personally control the weather, but I do uh, have a very close relationship with the one who does, and so I will uh, pray for spring to uh, make it to central for you.
2: Very How about we get those groundhogs? You know, and and. When it's snowing on the Groundhog, uh, I've been to Punxsutawney on many occasions, and when I see it snowing on the Groundhog, I, I really know that it's cloudy and yeah. that he didn't see his shadow that's, that's right. because they were using spotlights on him.
0: Are, <laughs> you, are you saying that Groundhog Day was rigged?
2: Another, Another rigged election. <laughs> Another rigged election. Yeah. Um, uh, speaking of Trump, um, uh, in his uh, speech and all, uh, I noticed that we had one senator that was at
1: CPAC. Who was it?
2: It wasn't Romney. Oh,
1: no. Uh, no. Mm-hmm. He did and get so- mentioned at,
0: uh, by name. <laughs>
2: Yeah, so I, you know, I enjoyed Mike Lee's speech, and uh, I, I, I think uh, Mr. Trump spent a lot of time, you know, uh, rehashing. I didn't get much of substance uh, about his future and what we need to do, and, and uh, uh, a question for you astute folks, uh, when was the Founding Fathers conducting their inaugural
1: Right. The actual ceremony, or I don't know.
2: Yeah, the, the official day when the new president would assume office. They, they really didn't like uh, oh, doing gosh. all the all and building and pomp and popping ceremony uh, in January, because it you know, might snow and freeze them. Right, right. So it was the 4th of March.
1: Really? I didn't know that. I knew that. Yeah,
2: oh, coming yeah, up Jim. on Thursday, and there's lots of discussion on the Internet that that may be the real inauguration, and maybe that guy that spoke yesterday, Mr. 45, would suddenly become president.
0: Well, don't believe everything you see on the Internet.
2: <laughs> well, I, I don't. I don't believe anything on the radio either. So. Ouch. <laughs> oh Ouch! <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't so lead funny. into that. That was your, your friend there. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, pay attention because... Uh, I watched the inaugural, and I'm a military guy, and I noticed the guys that presented the flags and uh, did the uh, presentation of the colors, none of them were military. They were dressed up in sort of clown suits. There was no insignia. There was no rank. There was no units. There was no names, and the uniforms didn't conform with any branch of the military that I'm aware of. Okay. Well, there wasn't a 21-gun salute. Uh, the soldiers, in some cases, turned their backs. And I'm hearing that the nuclear football is not in the new president's hands. I hope not. <laughs> and so it's surrounded by barbed wire, concertina wire, 10-foot barriers. Oh, that's right. And that things do not look appropriate. uh to where I have watched inaugurals most of my life.
1: Interesting. I, I got to cut you off. But I got to get a uh, commercial break in. We got sure, other calls. I understand. Thank you, Seth, for calling in today. Uh, yeah, things, things seem a little bit amiss. But again, when you got a guy. Uh, yeah, I'll, who,
0: I'll give Seth credit. I didn't watch the inauguration.
1: I... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but you've got a guy who is confused about half the time. Remember, we haven't had a State of the Union speech yet. No, and, you know. Technically, uh, he's not required
0: to give one in the, that first year of his presidency. Uh, traditionally, um, uh, they, they do, although not always. I don't think President Trump gave one in 2017. I think his first State of the Union was 2018. Um, but I think a lot of people thought that with the change of administration, that there would be an invitation to you know lay out an agenda and vision cast uh, to Congress, especially with uh, the president's uh, party holding both houses, and that invitation has not come from uh, uh, Speaker Pelosi. All
1: right, let's go to the phone lines. Hey, you're on with Jimmy Kesson and Andy this morning. What's up? Hey, good morning, gentlemen. Oh, we lost you. We, sorry, you're, you're distorted again. We'll, we will make priority to get you back on as soon as uh, as soon as you call back. Uh, hi, you're on with Andy and with Jimmy.
2: Hi
3: there. Hi. Um, when you talk about personality and... Uh, who our candidate would be, we have to be realistic and remember that the media and the left demonize anyone who steps up to the plate. Look at what they did to Sarah Palin. If you accept the premise that they give you, we're all idiots on this side. (laughs)
1: True.
3: You, you accept and you, then you start thinking, well, maybe Palin is a little this way. You know, you know, they're right. She's just a loser. And this is what they will put up the label they will put on anyone that steps up to the plate to fight them. And we can't accept their premise. We have to choose good people and stick with them and not listen to the left do this to us.
0: And and that is so that's such an important point. And and thank you for for making it because you're so right. I'm old enough to remember uh, that uh, the same things that were said, exactly the same things that were said or are said about president Trump have been said about every single Republican since Barry Goldwater. Wow. Um, and, uh, and the only difference is that the, that president Trump has a far more aggressive style of, uh, fighting back, um, and counter and, um, and, and, you know, but the left may have gotten louder and more, uh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, hostile in the way they verbalize these things. But, you know, Ronald Reagan was called all the exact same names that Donald Trump was called. In fact, you know, you don't have to have a really long memory. I mean, you have to have a better one than President Biden, but you don't have to have a long memory to remember that the exact same things that have been labeled against President Trump were labeled against Mitt Romney when he ran for president. John McCain, when he ran for president, um you know the exact same things
1: were said about those guys. They're just getting louder. that's all all right, hey, uh, you're on again. I think this is you called a minute ago, didn't you? Yeah,
4: this is Steve,
1: okay, Steve, thank you.
0: You certainly sound better this time.
4: well, it sounds the same on my end, so <laughs> anyway, um, uh, so I have uh Just a a quick comment and then a question for uh, Jimmy. Uh, There's a rally that's going to be held today at the university at 1130 at the clock tower. Everybody wants to have people wearing red and show up. If you are opposed to the colleges or the university's name being changed from Dixie to anything else, please, today's the day. The Senate's going to be... Uh, It's going to committee. They're going to discuss this. Let's make sure that people uh, up North know that those of us down South aren't happy at all about changing the name Dixie.
0: I hope there's a huge turnout for this rally uh, uh, today. Um, There was a small group of, uh, I guess, students that were bussed up to the Capitol. Uh, uh, Best reports were maybe 50 of them. And that had an impact on uh, certain senators uh, in the, in the Utah Senate. So I, I think the, the, um, I I think that we need a huge turnout. Um, I'm an adopted son of Dixie. Um, the, this community took me in, uh, and, uh, this is home. Um, and I understand what the Dixie spirit stands for here. Uh, that spirit of cooperation of working together, um, across, uh, uh, you know, lines that would divide others, you know, the community spirit, transcends political differences, religious differences, societal differences, um, that, is, um, that is the heritage that has been handed down in this community, and it is um, represented by the fact that Utah's Dixie is one of the most unique communities uh, anywhere, and we should preserve that name and preserve the heritage, and um, And I strongly, strongly support uh, the Senate tabling this thing.
4: Well, the people want to know what they can do. Today's the day. Eleven thirty is the time. Show up and do something—an action that actually will matter. Sitting around talking about it does nothing. Yes. There's an opportunity today. Please, everybody, show up
0: and reach and out next- to reach out to your senator. If you're in, uh, you know, Senator Ibsen has uh, uh, championed uh, uh, the cause for those of us who want to preserve Dixie. But you know, he's going to need that support. Uh, because he's under a lot of pressure from those who want it change. Senator Vickers needs to hear from those uh, uh, people in Utah's Dixie who want to make sure that he strongly supports uh, uh, what this community wants. Um, And, yes, turnout uh, turnout today is really important.
4: 1130. Very good. Now my question. Uh, Jimmy, if you hired a contractor to build you a house, a custom home, and he followed the code, the building code, 80% of the time. Ooh. Would that be okay with you? I would uh,
0: not uh, be in favor of that at all. Um, and I uh, I think that the comparison is an interesting. The one thing I would tell you, that um, when uh, Senator Lee or Senator Romney, because I believe is probably a reference to that statement, uh, separate from uh, policies that I believe in, um, I, I say so. You know, I'm not afraid to disagree children, with them.
4: If my children tell the truth 80% of the time, Whoa. should I be satisfied with that? No. No, but you're, if my you wife, know, I, I don't know that. that shows, if my wife is uh, 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 honors my marriage 80% of the time, <laughs> should I accept that as good and godly? No. no. So why do we accept this from those who have a constitution? That's the code. That's what we've asked them. They take them. They swear an oath to uphold 100% of it, not 80% or 50% like uh, Chris Stewart. I just want to know, why do we accept uh, lack of fidelity to the Constitution almost 100% of the time? Yet in our Christian walk, we would never find any of that acceptable
0: well I, I think that there's a, a, it's, a, it's an important question, and I think the answer is is, is simple. Not everything that is voted on uh, um, supported by the Republican Party in washington d c uh, is uh, uh, acceptable under a um, originalist view of the Constitution. Um, and, and
4: yet the Constitution is to be read and, and applied as it was written. There's, in fact, read Jefferson. Uh, you know, he's pretty st- strong on you know, why is it when we try to twist and turn the w- words of the Constitution? Why can't we just read it for what it says and to envision the intent or the time that it was written? Well,
0: that is, we that's that? The, that is one of the backbones of, of Republican principles is that we should be uh, adhering to the Constitution. And
4: rather than support Romney, what we should do is recall him and put somebody in there that's going to have 100 percent fidelity to the law of the land.
0: Well, that's an interesting point, since the Utah Constitution does not have a recall provision in it. And there is no uh, way in the state of Utah to recall a duly elected person. What for those of us who do not feel that uh, senator romney represents the conservative wing of the republican party the opportunity to make that change will be in 2024 when his current term is up um
4: so we, so so we select a, a senator we find out that he has lied and deceived us and now we have to suck it up for six years life's too short jimmy i can't wait that long
0: so you would abandon the constitution because you don't like the person who won the election
4: no, sir. What I would do is have recall pro- of provisions in our state. By the way, you can't recall the mayor either. By the way, well, that seems to be a a, 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 a void in our government uh, practices in the state. We need to have the ability to ro- remove somebody, like a contractor who's only following the code eighty percent of the time. And, and how did that, how did that work? It,
0: how did that work in places like California? I don't actually. I'm not a, in favor of a constitutional amendment to. Uh, set up a recall provision. I think that we need to uh, focus on uh, recruiting, nominating, and electing people who will have fidelity to constitutional principles. But we're a representative republic. So Excuse me. Far. Let me let me finish. We're, we're a representative republic. We are not a democracy. And recall provisions basically are uh, uh, a form of majority rule vote uh, uh, if you're not happy, we, you know, that's a kind of a parliamentary, uh, procedure. The founders absolutely didn't want a British style parliament that could be recalled and reformed. And, uh, you take a look at how that works in places like Israel and great Britain. And, uh, it, it doesn't work for the conservative constitutional pr- principles that our founders yeah. believed in when they set up this Republic.
4: Our founders believed in the 17th amendment that's why we had it the legislature could recall a senator when they were misbehaving and and we wound up changing the constitution from its original writing so that now it's a popular vote
0: well and that's a different question and i and i'm not in well, favor of the Senate and, Senate and i'm not in favor i do think that we were better served when state legislatures uh, elected the uh, senators
1: all right well G- gotta yeah, go, thank, you. thank, thank you for the call today. We've had just so many people on hold. Let's get a couple more in before we have to go. Hey, you're on with Andy with Jimmy. What's up?
3: Hey, good morning, and happy first day of March.
2: Thank you Good morning
3: um, Good morning, and uh I have to say, Jimmy, that I loved what the prior caller had to say, and until he spoke, i and I'm not easily could have missed it. I'm getting up there, you know, in age, and I miss things. But I never heard you once mention the Constitution. You you mentioned policies quite often, but until the prior caller um, spoke, I never heard the word principles, Constitution, and principles. And. I, I also heard you um, talk about the Democrats that uh, have been happy to move ahead incrementally and been satisfied with that because they're, they are getting their weight well. They have been getting their way. They have been working on this probably for seventy-five years.
0: That's very true. And I will we, tell you. I will tell you that I come from the constitutional conservative wing of the Republican Party. Um, I believe that policy, and uh, I believe that policy is how we win hearts and minds. Policy discussion is how we win hearts and minds. Uh, but I will tell you that all of my policy uh, positions are grounded in constitutional conservatism.
1: One more quick call, and then we got to go. Yeah, you're on with Andy and Jim. What's up? Hello. Hey. Morning. Just wanted to ask,
4: esteemed Senator uh, Romney was going to have another town hall down here because the only one he had that I attended, his son tried to limit the number of people in the reception area, in the hall, to hear him, and the fire department and the police department had to move us to the larger area and when they did, his son panicked and said, "Set up no more chairs in here. Let nobody else in here." I was,
0: I, I was, I, I, was, the, I was, was there for that it. town hall, and um, I would, I, I couldn't tell you when um, Senator Romney will make another appearance in Southern Utah because he doesn't um, uh, um, tell me those things.
1: And he doesn't have a lot of fans down here right now, I'm going to be quite honest. So, all right, uh, Jimmy, uh, caller, really appreciate you guys being on today. We have run out of time. We've used it all. Thanks again to Joe Shoney, 590-6300 is a phone number. He's a customer service specialist. Jimmy, thanks, man. Anytime.